Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and a happy Friday. Welcome to the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here ready for you now to talk some uh, Arizona Coyotes and Anaheim Ducks, Arizona Coyotes and St. Louis Blues, a little Tucson Roadrunner stuff. Super excited for all the stuff on today's show. I'm your host, Rob Leonio. Uh, five for Howling's Coyotes and Roadrunners writer have been the case for the last four years or so. I've uh, been super excited to be on with you today after a big win in Anaheim or not in against Anaheim, in Glendale it was, before Arizona heads on the road. We'll get to that in just a bit. But first, I want to introduce to you guys a uh, special guest for today's show. He actually helped cover the Tucson Roadrunners, was the original Tucson Roadrunners reporter for the Arizona Daily Star, Ezra Amaker. Uh, he's also a really good friend of mine. We, we're uh, in uh, fantasy hockey leagues together. Uh, so super excited to have you on, Ezra. How you doing? Hey, hey Rob, I'm doing great. Um, nice to be on here during a, after a win. I, I know it's been a few nights since um, we got back in the win column, so uh, that, that's always good. And yeah, just glad to hear your voice. It's, it's been a while since you know we're all in quarantine, can't see each other in person. So uh, yeah, great, great to hear your voice. I know, especially too with uh, not just quarantine, but like I, I know like you. I mean, you moved recently, and you know myself being in Tucson, uh, you're in uh, Las Vegas, right? Yep, yep, up in Vegas around a hockey town up here. You know, we have a new AHL team as well out in, um, in Henderson. So uh, looking forward to, to that getting started. Oh, that sounds, that sounds super exciting. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, you know, it's good to have, again, good to have you back. Uh, uh, getting, you know, getting the gang back together. I, like, I think before we, you know, well, I'll, I'll talk more about something that, uh, uh, like reminiscing on memories later today, but let's go right into the, uh, the show for today. As what you said, a big win for Arizona against Anaheim. And to me, I wouldn't really like if you if you talked to me before this week, I wouldn't I wouldn't have wanted to call this a big win because I never really considered Anaheim a good team. I was like, okay, Arizona should be able to handle them. I look at this Anaheim team. They weren't that good. They're not that deep. They don't have great players. But then I totally forgot about John Gibson and that after that after that first game on uh on Tuesday, and I was like, "How did I forget about John Gibson?" And uh, obviously, he shut the door for Arizona. It made things super frustrating. Shut out for the second day in a row. Um, but Arizona, again, this time though, big win. They were able to come back, and this was the kind of team I wanted to see. Ezra, an Arizona team that just w- would batter the goalie with shots. That's what you need to get as many chances as you can against an elite goaltender. Yeah, you know, just looking at the shot totals themselves, they had over over a, a two to one ratio, thirty four to sixteen shots tonight. Uh, I know it, it was a uh, pretty similar uh, the, the night before when it was a one zero shutout, but it's, it's good to see those those shots finally turn into some tangible results with uh, some goals being scored, uh, second and then third periods. I'll say one of the things too is uh, you know I was really worried at first because you know Anaheim went up to a you know one nothing lead and I was like. Now this is what happens. This is what usually happens when Arizona when Arizona gets a super early one nothing deficit. 
they kind of clamor into a shell and they lose confidence. And that's what the kind of case what I saw over the last couple, you know, weeks or even the last couple games. You know, they would just lose confidence. This mm. it, it didn't seem that case. They just like, you know what? We need to win this game. And they went ahead and kept kept doing as many shots as they can. They uh, again, they were they tied it um, in the like, like pretty, pretty, pretty fast. And then they went up. Uh, two to one, almost like I want to say like within a minute <laughs> into the uh, into like that uh, into the next period or whatever. It was it was good to see that they that they were doing this well. I will say this though, Ezra. I'm not sure if you're able to actually see some of the uh, some of the angles on some of these shots, but uh, I watched some of the highlights and kept looking at the film. Is they got lucky on some of them? I really got to say because well. Uh, a lot of them were deflections, as I should say. The two goals were def- were, were deflections. The first, um, you know, Christian Dvorak tried to do a wraparound, and luckily, as it went up, it hit Kevin Shattenkirk in the you know in the thigh, and it just bounced back into the net behind, behind Gibson. And then the mm-hmm. second one, I think, you know, a Connor Garland shot goes on, and uh, I think it hits like. Hakpana of Anaheim and goes in. Mm-hmm. The last one, I really loved. I'm not sure if you saw that one. I uh, got a chance to get a really good look at that. But the last one, absolutely amazing. Bang, bang play in the slot. And uh, Christian Dvorak, again, just perfect upper sh- top shelf. Uh, again, this is the team I wanted to see against, against uh, try to make those shots against John Gibson. Yeah, I think it just speaks to their aggressiveness tonight, being in those uh, right spots to, to get a rebound or, or get a, a decent look or a second look at the at the goal, and then you know finally connect. Um, especially the, the last goal by Dvorak. I have not seen the, the play, but um, I know it was a power play, and it was after Anaheim tied, tied the game two two. And you know how that goes: a team loses confidence quickly when they see a lead evaporate in the third quarter, in the third period, I should say. Um, so you know it, it was just really encouraging to see. Uh, Devara come up with that with that goal after he, he already scored uh, once in the sec- second period, um, and then to see Arizona uh, close the door shut there in the, in the final minutes. I know Anaheim had one power play opportunity um, as as the game was winding out, and uh, Arizona kept from, from scoring and um, you know just getting away with that win. But when you take thirty four shots, you hope at least a few of them will, will go in, and you know that's what happened tonight. Um, and you know th- thankfully the defense held held the ground ground towards the end of the game there, and um, it resulted in a W. You know, it almost didn't seem like 34 shots was put on. Like, I was kind of going back and forth with uh, some of our friends at uh, Locked On Ducks. And I was like, man, it felt like Arizona put on a million shots on John Gibson. And, you know, it might have, might as well been the, been the case just because of how much pressure Arizona was putting on. But that not only says the t- about the kind of team Arizona is and how much pressure they can put on, but again, that also talks about, I really do want to emphasize and tip my hat to John Gibson of a phenomenal goaltender he is if John Gibson didn't do what he did on Thursday's game then this game wouldn't it, it wouldn't have been even close I'll, t- I'll tell you that I think Arizona would have just completely dominated would have been like a six to two game rather than a three to two game are you surprised that Gibson's coming out this hot this season I mean he, he has a a 1.67 goals out average, which is 
gonna be top of the league, if not number one, in the top two or three. Like, uh, did that surprise you that he's he you know he's come out the, the strong so far? It does not surprise me at all. I'll I'll say this. Uh, you know, this West division has a lot of good goaltenders, and I it the, the weird thing is I almost forgot about him because I just missed Anaheim completely just as a team because I knew how bad they were. And right. I was like, oh, yeah, Arizona's got some of the top goal t- goalies and, and Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta in a t- as a tandem. Then you go to Vegas and they have uh, Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Leonard. It's like, man, what a division of goalies. And then I see uh, – then I, the moment the opening comes from even before they hit the ice, like John Gibson, I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, this is going to be fun. Um, so – no, I'll say I'm surprised because I because I didn't forget because I forgot about him. But I'm not surprised because once I remembered him, I was like, "This is gonna suck." Yeah, yeah, it definitely did the other night. And um, again tonight, it was turning that way for the first you know period and a half until Dvorak got that game tying goal. And I think that's sort of what sparked the Arizona's confidence offensively that they can you know get a go off this guy for once. Um, then, you know, you see Garland score, like you said, in the first minute of the third period. And uh, that, that really helped the team. I think just their, their uh, morale, seeing, uh, seeing they, them take the lead back on the Greenheim to make it 2-1. And then, um, you know, holding on, as I said, at the, the end of the, the period there. Um, but, you know, just when you have the – after a 1-0 loss, it's such a psychological hole that you fall into against a, a great goalie like Gibson. You know, like, can you even get a, get a, a go off the sky the next time around? And um, again, I think that second period of Oracle really helped get them the monkey off their back, so to speak. The most important part about this, Ezra, is confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, they got their confidence back, and it's at a super important time because they fin- they went went ahead and finished this uh, finished this home this home stand. Uh, obviously, they had two games against Vegas, and then th- there's two games against Anaheim. Uh, probably not the way you wanted it. They got, um, you know, they had one game against uh, Vegas that they won, and then one game here against Anaheim. But you know what? Finishing off of a win was huge because, like I said, you have that confidence back, and now you head back on the road. And to make things even tougher for them, they're going to be heading onto the road to St. Louis. Uh, we're going to be talking about that in just a sec. But first, I want to talk to you guys about betonline.ag. Guys, with the hockey season in full swing, there are several places several places that you can go ahead and make uh, bets on sports, but there is one place that has you covered and one place that we trust at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. All right, we continue now to talk some uh, more Coyotes hockey, but we're talking a little bit looking ahead. Once again, I'm Rob Bionio, joined by Ezra Almaker, formerly of the Arizona Daily Star. Um, now going to be covering uh, some hockey out in Vegas a little bit, maybe uh, the, the Henderson area as well with uh, some minor league hockey. But we'll get again, we'll get to minor league hockey later. What we're going to do now, Ezra, is we'll talk some St. Louis as a little joke that I did on our uh, on the message that I was going back and forth with you. Arizona going to complete the Ezra Amaker road trip. Going, uh, you know, Vegas, Anaheim, and uh, 
and St. Louis. Yeah, that's right. All places I've um, grown accustomed to growing up. Uh, lived out in Orange County, and um, now I live in Vegas. And of course, I spent a, about a decade or so in St. Louis. So, you know, very well familiar with all those franchises. And, um, you know, the, the Blues, I know, I know they're, they're two years off a, a Stanley Cup run, but you look at them right now, and um, they've had, I think, three games where there were nine nine goals scored total. And then, of course, that 8 0 shocking at Colorado earlier in the early in the season. So uh, you're, not, you're looking at some, some higher scoring games and I, I just wonder how that bodes for an Arizona team that's, you know, played mostly low scoring affairs so far this year. Obviously they, they had some, some high scoring shootouts against San Jose at the start of the season, but I'm just curious what you think about Arizona's offense, what, what they could do against um, this Blues defense that's been you know kind of iffy so far. It's going to be an interesting uh, series to me because um, uh, like, this St. Louis team, as good as they are, I know the pieces that they lost. Um, you know, they one of their goaltenders and Jake Allen uh, went over to uh, you know the North, and uh, one of their, one one of their top defensemen in Alex Petrangelo goes over to Vegas. So I was when I, I initially thought, okay, they lost a decent amount of people, but they're still a really good team. My question that I'm trying to figure out to personally for me is whether or not they're going to have as, the same problems as they did with John Gibson as they are going to have with Jordan Bennington. Um, my opinion is they won't. I'm not saying Jordan Bennington is not a good goalie. He's a fantastic goalie. Obviously, he proved it. He's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. But uh, I think he's still really young, and I think this Coyotes team is just so much better in, in, in like than they were previously, and I'll say. Because I look at the way that they played, um, they, they even playing some of these young players. I'm gonna again. I'm gonna point to Connor Garland and Christian Dvorak, uh, and and we all even say uh, Jordan Gross, the defenseman that's filling in for Oliver Ekman Larson. A lot of these young guys, they're playing so, like they're impressing me so much that if they keep this confidence, Ezra, mm-hmm. I think it should be a, it should be a good matchup for them. Yeah, I mean. St. Louis is a team that's that's averaging, I believe, they're allowing three over three goals a game against them, and that that really I think bodes well for Arizona, a team that could maybe just found its uh its, its confidence again offensively, and um you know Bennington he's, he's had to face a lot of work this his past game against Vegas, obviously uh, tonight Thursday night their game got uh, postponed, but uh, on Tuesday he had to take forty six shots, I mean that's that's a lot of, that's a lot of work for it for a younger guy and. Um, you know, being the the go-to uh, goalie now for St. Louis, he has to, you know, fill, fill in that role. And I, I think if Vegas, sorry, if uh, if Arizona can get to him early and kind of shake up his shake up his confidence a little bit, it could lead to a a, a tough few nights there for for Bennington at home against against the the Coyotes. And that's the thing. Uh, and I, I, I you you said it perfectly. Arizona kind of has to kind of start off fast. They have to put Bennington on his heels to start to start off this uh, start off the series to shake his confidence a little bit to give Arizona the edge. And to on top of that, Ezra, is another thing that I talked about with several other guests I've had on. And I've talked about just on the podcast in general, pre-Vegas, pre-Anaheim, uh, I think even pre-San Jose, I was like, this Arizona team has a problem. Their problem is, well, actually two problems. One is relying too much 
onto Darcy Kemper or whoever's in get wet. Maybe it's anti Ronta, but generally Darcy Kemper. And two, it's not playing a complete game. That being, they either have a bad first period or a really good first period, or let's just say they just don't play a full 60 minute game. So they might have a 20 minutes of good hockey, 40 minutes of good hockey, but they'll never have 60 minutes of solid hockey. If Arizona wants to compete, and yes, that like you said, that early bit is going to be huge. If they can score early on Bennington and you know catch them off guard early on in the game, that's huge. But they need to hold that off. That kind, of, they need to continue that kind of pressure for 60 full minutes, because we saw what happened uh, in uh, like to say the game against Vegas on Sunday, last Sunday. That one did not work out for them. They had a you know about 45, 50 minutes of good hockey, and then that last minute just caught them off guard because they kind of uh, they thought a play hap- a certain play was supposed to happen that didn't, and in Vegas took advantage. So Arizona needs to play a full 60 minutes of good hockey if they want to compete with St. Louis because, well, as everyone says, St. Louis is probably one of the top three teams in this division. With mm-hmm. like, so you gotta you you gotta have that kind of mentality. What do you think is a realistic uh, best case scenario for not just the next two games in St. Louis, but this you know entire six game road trip coming up, two games in Minnesota, uh, two games in Colorado. So out of those six games, how many would you like to see Arizona come home with, with wins from? With wins, um, that's a little tough. Um, I'll say. I say they can come out with three wins. I'd say I in that that three wins either either being at least one win from each team, or let's say like a win against St. Louis, like two wins in Minnesota. I'm still a little skeptical in Minnesota, although I have high hopes for uh, a high uh, respect for Kirill Kaprizov, the rookie, um, and that would mean none for, against Colorado because. Playing against Colorado in Colorado, that's brutal. Like, that's really, really hard. Colorado, as I probably say, will probably is probably battling for Vegas at the number one spot in the West. Um, so if they can get three wins, and that would that would put them at so six games, twelve points. Um if they can yeah, if they can yeah, if they can come out with uh, six points out of that, maybe even more. Six points or more, I'll be mm-hmm. happy. Yeah, that, that seems like a, a pretty good goal to have, and I, I agree. I think Minnesota's the, the best chance to have a a two game road sweep there. I mean, winning one in St. Louis would be nice, but Colorado. I mean, you saw what they did at home um, against San Jose earlier this year, and then um, even against St. Louis, where they they beat the made zero on their home ice. It's so hard to, to, to leave Colorado without one win, um, yet alone two. Colorado's just such a deep team, and again, we'll get to Colorado in a little bit, like. Like later on, but man, they they just scare the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, this this St. Louis game, the, the St. Louis series though, is going to be fun. I think it's a lot. I think this one's more spread out, isn't it? I think it's like not until like Tuesday. Yeah, yeah not until Tuesday. Yeah, so. that's that's a bit of time. And then and then Thursday again. Is it like Friday, Thursday or Friday? Yeah, I think th- Tuesday, Thursday again. So. 
got what four four or five days of, of rest in between in St. Louis. They'll have a really a whole week since they didn't play today. It'll be a week since they played in between games. So you, you wonder how how rusty they might be coming off the or coming onto the ice without having played real, real hockey in, in that long. Yeah, I'll say luckily this is the first time they're getting rest because you know when they hosted San Jose, it was you know one it was you know one two you know, you know just a day you know a day off day off, and then almost immediately. Vegas day off and then day off and then come back to Arizona just like just every other day every other day mm-hmm. they haven't had a true day off and now they finally get it this actually now that you reminded me that might be one of the most helpful things for them getting ready for St. Louis mm-hmm. yeah plus I mean you, you have to think that they're gonna spend a week or more on the road or really a week and a half on us on the road so It'll be the longest road trip that they've had as a team um, since the, the season started. I know they, they were only in Vegas for maybe three days. So um, it, it'll be a really good bonding experience, if nothing else, um, for, for these guys, especially young guys, to to have that you know experience on be, being together in hotels. Um, I, I know it's different with the pandemic, but um, still, it's, that's sometimes one of the best ways to, to bond is when you're all together like that, um, facing some adverse competition on the road. So um, you know we'll, we'll see how that plays out going forward. Yeah, we definitely will see indeed. Um, what we're going to do is in just a sec, we'll go ahead and uh, talk a little bit of Tucson stuff. You know, you used to cover Tucson. We'll do that in just a moment. But first, a couple things to uh, iron out before we get there. First, that uh, let you know that we're covering everything you need to know about the Arizona Coyotes. But what about the rest of the sports? Now with the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there with the Locked On Today it's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you ever need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And one more thing, guys, I want to let you know that uh, Built Bar is uh, definitely making a name for itself, guys. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 18 flavors, including uh, cookies and cream, German chocolate. Banana bread. They're, all of them taste amazing. 100% covered in chocolate. Soft and easy to chew. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the guy who's maybe trying to lose weight or maybe just maintain their weight. Also good for the person who might be on a keto diet. You know, trying to, lo- trying to uh, keep those carbs out. And again, I want to mention, again, mention one more time. They taste great. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And now it's time for my favorite segment of the Locked On Coyotes podcast, something that I introduced with, uh, uh, my, with the first, well, my second guest that I had on ever with Eric Clock. We did a very special guest, uh, a very special segment called Stories from the Press Box. That was something that came to me out of nowhere, probably just off the fly that day. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do from now on is I'm going to bring in members of the Arizona or Tucson or whatever hockey media pools that I can bring in that I know can probably speak to good stories that they've either written or good stories that they remember while or just good experiences, the kind of experiences they had covering hockey here in the desert and that's why 
I have Ezra on here today, so he can go ahead and test to that. Um, with Ezra covering the Tucson Roadrunners on year one and two of the Roadrunners for, uh, year for the AOS on the Daily Star. Uh, Ezra, let me go let's, go, let's go straight to you on that. Uh, what are some of the things that you best remember, some of the things that you absolutely loved covering the Roadrunners for the Daily Star here in, in Tucson? Yeah, well, I was very privileged to have the chance to cover their first uh, two full seasons, 2016-17, uh, the inaugural season in Tucson, and then 2017-18 uh, when they uh, finished first in the Pacific Division and uh, made the playoffs. And I think that the first year, uh, just the excitement, um, Tucson had, it had, it had pro hockey in uh, decades, I believe, and definitely nothing like, like this where you have a, the affiliate of the Coyotes playing you know, an hour and a half down the street from, from where – uh, the, the Arizona Coyotes play. So uh, just the excitement of Tucson having a pro team to uh, rally around. It's been, I think, more than a decade since uh, Tucson lost had a, a pro team like that. Uh, the Roadrunner, sorry, the uh, Sidewinders of the uh, minor league baseball was the last team that played there that was a pro team. Um, so just seeing the TCC, Tucson Convention Center being being packed in those early nights um, and then just seeing the, the team take off um, between year, year one and year two to where they made the playoffs in uh, 2018, and of course, they beat uh, San Jose, the Barracuda, in the first round of that, that playoff round. And um, man, that was just such an exciting atmosphere, as, as you can attest to. Uh, people, you know, waving those those white Roadrunners towels around, and uh, just whenever Tucson would, would win a game in the playoffs, it just it really lit up the town like some, like nothing else that I I had seen um, in my time living in Tucson um, since going back to when I was a kid there. So uh, that that was such a special thing, and. Um, then I think to Craig Cunningham, um, I, I was there the night when he collapsed in the ice um, due, due to the, the heart issue he had, um, and then just seeing his remarkable recovery. You know, people didn't even didn't even know he, if he would survive the initial surgery, and then um, I think less than a within a year he was back um, in Tucson, uh, scouting some games for the for the Coyotes, and uh, when he was shown on the screen, he got this warm round of applause. Um, it, it was such a special moment to, to be a part of, as, as you, you remember as well, and. Um, uh, even though it was a, a tragic event, Cunningham's collapse and the subsequent uh, amputation he got of his leg, um, it, it really gave the, the team something to rally around um, in that the first year or two. Um, and, you know, thankfully he, he's, he's in a better shape than he was um, before. And uh, then then I think about the personal one-on-one -on -one interactions you have with, with players, um, guys like Mike, Michael Bunting, uh, Connor Garland, Lane Peterson, just real pros. And then, of course, the coaching staff. Um, my last year was when Mike Mike Van Rim was there before he left to St. Louis. And uh, man, he was a really intimidating guy to be around. And I'm um, outside the locker room, especially after a loss. He could really tear into you if you asked the wrong question. And you know, sometimes it'd be kind of comedic. You know, our, our friend Eric, um, he'd ask Coach a really hockey interesting question. And then uh, Coach Mike, Mike Van Rim, he would turn around and you know ask Eric like, well, what, do, "What do you know about hockey?" And you know, it, it would kind of send it showed down her spine in a way of like, you know, this, this is a coach establishing his own, um, you know, his, his own space outside of his team's locker room. But um, you, you come to appreciate those moments, especially after you've been away from it a little while. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned all those, uh, I, you know, you know, Mike Van, like hearing Mike, the Mike Van Ryan stories, I always love because he, anyone who's ever heard him talk knows that he is definitely does not care, uh, you know, what you say. He will speak his mind especially like the times when he will, you know, not even care if the, if uh, the league will get mad at him and fine him. Um, you like those heard, remember hearing my story that I mentioned in the, uh, the first part. And I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the Craig Cunningham story too. Um, I actually want to ask you about that because 
kind of talked about the the recovery and how remarkable the story was. But what was the like not maybe like one you know the uh, the arena atmosphere, the arena like emotions going on, and and what was the you know the talk going on in the press box when that all went down? Because I wasn't there. I think I was covering like a U of A football game or something like that for Camp Radio. So I was doing stuff as a university student, not there quite yet. Tell me how that experience was the moment Craig Cunningham hit the ice. Yeah, that's right. It, it was a Saturday night, I, I, I believe sometime in the fall that, that year. Um, it, it was early on in the season. And I remember I was looking at my, my notebook, um, having some notes before the game. And then um, you, you, you see... Um, I, I didn't see him. I didn't see him fall down. But then I saw that the staff come up, um, going to the ice and um, cut his jersey open and start doing um, the, the, the kind of uh, heart heart pumped uh, you know, methods that they use to get someone's heart pumping again. And it was such a such a tense vibe. Uh, everyone in the arena kind of knew what was going on, but they didn't know much information. Um, and then just but my job as a reporter, trying to to relay accurate information to the public. Uh, it, it was a while before we got any any word of what really happened or, or his uh, status, but you know, just that first hour or two after after it happened, um, the game was canceled. Obviously, people were home, and then you're, you're just outside the, the arena. People were in tears. Um, I remember seeing uh, the coach. He, he walked off with his family. He, he was really shaken up, and you know, no one really knew, knew what to thought. And um, you know, it, it was something that you, you never even think could happen at your job. You know, you, you know, you're, you're there to cover a hockey game, and the next thing you know, you're you're there to report on someone's life or death. Um, and, you know, thank goodness he, he made it to the hospital that night. Um, people performed some emergency surgery on him, surgery on him, and, and he, he got through it. But, uh, man, that, that was uh, an event like no other. And, um, you know, it, it caught national attention to you. It, it made ESPN, it made Sports Illustrated, it made USA Today. And um, I, I think that, that was maybe the first time people even knew that a team played hockey in Tucson. Um, and it happened through that event. But, you know, again, going from there to the recovery and seeing him um, return uh, without he lost he lost his leg as part of the, the surgery, but um, he, he still had that the same spirit that that, that made him such a, such a great player uh, when, when he was in his, in his playing days. And you know, seeing him, I remember we were eating lunch or dinner one time before a game, and there's Craig Cunningham at the table next, next over to us, and he's he's having his meal, and it's almost surreal that this guy you you must saw die on ice. He's back in the same arena, um, just, you know, casually eating his pregame meal and then doing his job as a scout for the Coyotes. Yeah, absolutely. See, see, just seeing that kind of recovery is absolutely amazing. Um, I personally really liked his, uh, you know, jersey retirement ceremony. Seeing the number uh, that number sixteen uh, mm-hmm. get raised in the rafters at the Tucson Convention Center, um, and just seeing how, ever, again, like what you were saying, everyone was rallying behind that because you know, because. Uh, Tucson embraced Craig Cunningham because he was like kind of he was the first captain of the team. He was the guy like he was the guy that kind of you know brought Tucson together. So love like so they loved him and he loved them and there was a great relationship seeing that. And I absolutely I really loved the whole Craig Cunningham story. It's I'm super happy for him that uh, you know he ended up becoming a scout and luckily he's actually working as a pro scout in Vegas now. He's doing some stuff now for the golden knights very cool I, I i didn't know that he was in vegas now but maybe i'll see him um maybe not not this year but hopefully sometime down the down the road we'll see him at a, at a game or two up here in vegas yeah cover maybe when you uh start covering the silver knights yeah that's that's the hope um i, I really do miss the the ahl beat i was actually at a uh 
an ECHL hockey game out in Florida, visiting my uncle down there um, last month. And, um, you know, just being around minor league, minor league hockey again, it, it really makes you appreciate um, the, the experience of covering it because you get to see these guys when they're young and really, really talented and clawing at the chance to, to make it to the, to the pros. So um, such a unique environment, as you, as you know. I'm going to ask you this question, and it's a question I asked a bunch of other people. Everyone knows my answer to this, but what do you think of the name Silver Knights? I thought they could have done something better. I mean, you you want to go from you know, Golden to Silver Knights, uh, keeping the, the same the same logo or same nickname, so, so to speak. But I, I thought that they could have found something something more interesting. Um, but you know, I, I think that once the town embraces embraces the team separate from the Golden Knights, um, it, it'll it'll be really fun to follow. But um, yeah, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. I'm not sure if you heard what my suggestion was, and I think a lot of people agreed with me on this mm-hmm. and I, I was advocating this for like months when I first found out that they were going to bring a like I think the moment they f- I found out they were going to bring a team to Henderson I was like they they have to name it the Henderson Silver Squires right because <laughs> that would be amazing not yeah. only is it two S's but like you know Squires being you know the those that serve the Knights and Silver it just it works everything perfectly and I was when I found out it was not that, I was severely disappointed. Yeah, he should have been on their uh, marketing marketing team at the time because that would have been a much better option, I think, than going for the Knights. But um, missed opportunity for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, again, Ezra, I appreciate having you on because I love hearing these stories, and I think especially you because, like, like, um, like I was saying before, is uh, you're the first one, obviously, who uh was actually there for the Craig Cunningham night. Um, I think maybe where well, other reporters were there. I think Jason was there for he was doing for Desert Swarm, but mm-hmm. anybody else? Because I know because I know Eric said he wasn't there. You know, um, I, th- I think it was actually ju- just me for maybe there was a TV guy there too. But um, as as far as uh, writers go, I think I was the only one because everyone was at the UA game. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, hearing about all that I was refreshing the news every single time. I was really yeah. wondering what was going on but yeah uh, but yeah again i appreciate you having you uh appreciate having you on because uh really good hearing these stories and uh i definitely hope to have you on again sometime in the future as well yeah and hopefully we can meet up again one day soon i don't know if it'll be the spring or not but i'm looking forward to, to following your your coverage on, on this podcast as, as well as uh you're writing about the runners because it's a, it's a team that's you know dear near, near and dear to our both of our hearts being um some of the first people on, on the scene you know Absolutely. I'm super excited for the Roadrunners season. As a quick reminder to the people that the Roadrunners season does begin next week. It uh, They have their season opener next Friday against the San Jose Barracuda. They will be the away team, but it will be in Tucson as San Jose, at least temporarily, and I think at least for the next week, still cannot play in Santa Clara County. So they will have they are having a game here. So they are so Tucson will be the away team in their own home arena. Don't know how that's going to work still, but very interesting. One couple other things that we need to iron out here, guys. I want to give you a reminder that you can get the upper hand in your fantasy league with the daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Colin gives you the tips, insights, and analysis for season-long dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking down all the stats and information you keep ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey wherever you get your podcasts.
again, that's going about that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked On Coyotes. Thanks again to Ezra for joining this episode. Uh, super great conversation. Super great stories to hear. Once again, stories from the press box. Love having those uh, segments on the podcast. Hope to have more people on to do the same thing. If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to uh, leave a good review on your favorite podcasting platform. And it lets my bosses know that I'm doing a good job. As well as don't forget to subscribe if you get to already to be informed when a new episode drops. And again, um, you can also follow me on Twitter at RobLiano1 and interact with me. Ask me any question you want. I will answer them on a future episode of the podcast. You can also do the same with Locked On Coyotes. It is at LO underscore Coyotes. You can ask your questions there as well. Thanks, everyone, again, for listening to today's episode. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to howl on.